I'm Leanna Shields, and you're listening to The Cozy Sleuth. Today's Sleuths and Sleuths, I have a, the honor of a returning guest, Sally Hambly, here to talk about her new book and, of course, all things cozy. Sally, would you like to reintroduce yourself for any new Sleuths and Sleuths? Sure. I uh, am the author of the Holly and Ivy Cozy Mystery, cozy mystery Series. And uh, I am the president of the Upstate Sisters in Crime, Upstate South Carolina Sisters in Crime chapter. So what's the new book about? Okay, well, this is the fourth book in the series, Murder Under Tuscan Blooms. And um, the last time we talked, we talked about how much of your personal experience comes to bear uh, when you're writing a book. And if you remember, uh, Holly and Ivy are loosely based on my sister and me. And uh, Kate Farmer is based on my dear friend, Nina Augello. Uh, and then there are many things in the book that, um, in all the books that, stem from real life experiences. You know, you, you take maybe a part of it and then you reshape it into an episode in your story. Well, this book uh, came to me, the idea for this book came to me after a trip I took to Tuscany. Two years ago, another very dear friend of mine, Janet Adams Strong called me up and she said, uh, that she and her husband, Bruce, were renting a villa in Tuscany for a month. And they wanted to extend an invitation to me to come and visit them while, while they were there. <laughs> oh. So, exactly. I said to myself, oh my goodness, uh, I can't do that. You know, your first reaction is, no, that, that's impossible. And after I thought about it for maybe 10 seconds more, I thought, oh my goodness, I have to do this. I just have to do this. So I made my reservations and um, th then I spent an, a glorious week with them in a little village uh, not far from Pisa. So- oh How awesome is that? <laughs> It was. It was. It was just a, a beautiful experience. I wrote a blog about it. If anybody wants to go to my website and look at some pictures there, uh, but you know, sometime after that trip, I was then invited to write a cozy, uh, a guest blog on um, cozy settings. Okay, and you know, cozy settings in mysteries are usually set in little small towns where all the characters know each other. And my first two Holly and Ivy's are set in the fictitious New Jersey town, Pineland Park. And then the third book is set in um, another fictitious town, but it's Kate Farmer's hometown in Reddington Manor in the Catskills. So just before writing that blog, our local Sisters in Crime Mystery Book Club read three mysteries set in foreign countries, right? We read Rebecca, which is set on the uh, Cornish coast of England. And then we read a Guido Brunetti book uh, set in Venice, Italy. And I can't remember the uh, sleuth for the other one, but we said, read another one in Paris, France. And so I wrote a, uh, this cozy uh, uh, blog 
about how setting impacts the reader's experience. And that's when I started thinking that there's no reason Holly and Ivy can't take a trip to an exotic locale. So that's where I started thinking about this. So then if you have read book three in the series, and this is a spoiler alert, you already know that Holly and married Nick Minnelli, the detective at the end of that book. And suddenly hit me in thinking about all this, why can't I have Holly and Nick honeymoon in Tuscany? Because no setting could be more cozy than that villa that we stayed in with these adjoining guest houses. So that is where the idea for the setting for this book came from and the honeymoon idea, right? But now what else from my personal experience shaped this book? Well, one day, Janet and Bruce and I visited a vineyard called the Fattoria San Vito, where the owner, Matteo, took us on a tour of the vineyard. And then that was followed by this lovely wine tasting on their back patio of the winery, right? So as book four started to take shape in my mind, I decided that I would smoosh together the villa where we stayed and the vineyard that we visited in true cozy style, right? And I made Nick's family the owners of the Fattoria Manelli. And I even named a character in the book, Matteo, after the uh, owner of the vineyard that we actually visited on my trip. And if that isn't enough, I have to tell you that one of the things I pondered in writing this book was like how who would be the murder victim? And how was I going to write about a crime in a foreign country? How is this going to be different than writing about, you know, like a murder in Pineland Park, New Jersey? So again, my friend Nina, aka Kate Farmer, said that land disputes were a major issue in Italy. And I thought, oh, well, that that could that could work. How, how am I going to do that? And believe it or not, I had another friend who um had just visited her family in Sicily. And on that trip, she learned that when her brother had visited a few years earlier, he made a claim on some family property there. And that did not endear him to his family members there. So an American cousin coming back to Italy to stake a claim on the family vineyard became the starting point for murder under Tuscan blooms. Oh, that sounds absolutely incredible. <laughs> right? I mean, it is it is funny, but it's it's just amazing how when when you I, I find this happens to me all the time, and I'm sure it does to other writers as well. You know, you start with the spark of an idea, and then all these other things, just if you're open and paying attention, come to you and help you write the story and help you, you know, come up with the details. And I have to tell you. This was my favorite book to write because during this pandemic, you know, days could be bleary and, and bleak and there was not a lot to look forward to. So coming downstairs every morning and starting to write about this story and describing these scenes in Tuscany uh, were just joyful to me. And I also, I really enjoyed the characters that I created in this book and Nick's family. Um, so that it, it was just a delight to write this book. It sounds like, and I, a few episodes ago, I used something I saw on Facebook that said books 
give us a place to go when we have to when we have to stay where we are. Right. Well, writing books can be the same thing where it's like, yeah, we have to stay where we are, but we can still travel in our minds to these fictitious towns or totally you know, worlds of our making. <laughs> totally. You travel through your imagination. Absolutely. And, and I was I was thinking about that also, you know, when when you're a, when you're a child, and I think most writers were avid readers, and you don't have to be a writer to have been an avid reader as a child. But I think you know, if you remember going to the library and picking books, and then like especially on a day where you know you had a fight with your friends or you got yelled at for doing something, you kind of just die dove into a book. And you stayed there, you know, like you moved into that space in your mind and 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 then, you know, it just made everything better. Absolutely. One of my favorite locations was my school's little library. I loved just reading whatever I could get and whatever I had to read or wanted to read or all that. It was one of my favorite locations. Exactly. Yeah. So, oh, my brain just zoned a minute. <laughs> <laughs> Your book sounds just absolutely great. I can't wait to read it. Do you, well, do you still have a favorite character or has it changed? Well, I have to tell you, I, you know, well, in this book, I have a feeling I have a, a, a character named Angie and she is Brooklyn born, but she marries uh, one of the sons of the, uh, the, the owner, you know, the, the, the founding father of the, uh, the vineyard. And she's like, like a tough cookie. And I kind of like her a lot in this book. She, she's a lot of fun. She gets she gets some of the best lines, so Angie is is the character to look for in this one. <laughs> Sounds kind of like when I'm working on editing my second book, uh, Stock Show Stalker, and yeah, the one that's getting the best lines is not Sabia, it's not Bridger, but it is Bridger's old army buddy, Drax. Aha. He gets to be the snarky, uh, obnoxious old pal that knows everything about Bridger and yet can use it to embarrass him all he wants. <laughs> That's great. That's great. <laughs> and it's funny, like you said, the littlest thing can inspire a story. I was, this was year before last, I happened to catch the uh, animal auction on TV from the National Western Stock Show. Uh -huh. And I was like, I wonder what that would look like in, in the world of sparks. Uh -huh. All of a sudden, it melded with there's all these traditions around the stock show. There's like the parade of longhorn cattle at the beginning. There's 
the tradition of the grand champion gets to oversee high tea at the Brown Palace Hotel at the end. <laughs> and all of a sudden that just kind of melded into the final scene, which is this grand champion gala, where all the animals that have won that title are auctioned off and all that. Yeah, so anything can create a scene. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, it it can be it can turn into like the whole episode. I'll I'll give you one perfect example that I absolutely used in the book. When Matteo, the vineyard owner, this is the real Matteo, came out with a bottle of wine. He said to us, "This is our all-day wine, right?" And we laughed because what he meant was, "This is our everyday wine." So I use that. I use that in the, we really got a big kick out of that. And so I use that in the book. And uh, so sometimes you take the scene and you actually, it wrote itself, you know, from real life. And then sometimes it just makes a suggestion for you and you build it to work for you in your book or your story. Absolutely. And I can see why that would make it into a scene because that, that's funny. That's perfect, right? (laughs) I may have to work something like that into my third book I'm currently writing, which is basically Sabina and Bridger's family have all come together because Sabina and Bridger are getting married and she's trying to entertain everyone on her ranch. So, and her ranch has a winery on it. Ah, (laughs) There you go. Something like that for a wine tasting or something. All day wine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. So uh how are you and your family doing? Well, we're doing okay. Um my sister and her husband and my mother live uh just two miles from me. And basically we are the basic pod. Uh, And uh, my sister and I are the ones who go out most of the time for, you know, groceries and things like that. We're good about wearing our masks. Uh, My mother celebrated her 95th birthday on December 4th. Oh, happy belated birthday to her. (laughs) Amazing, isn't it? Right. So um, we're just, you know, hanging in. It's just the four of us. I keep in touch with everybody else via Zoom or telephone. And I have to say, without technology, how much worse this pandemic would be because not being able to visit your friends in person is hard enough. Uh, But if you couldn't see them uh, to talk to them, I don't know what I would do. But uh, yeah, basically, uh, my family and I, uh, well, my dog, Trixie, is the one who's benefiting the most during this time because she is never alone. She's alone for maybe 45 minutes when I go to the supermarket, but the rest of the time she's with me. When I go to my mother's or my sister, she comes with me. And she's just having, and we walk between three and four miles every day. So that's, I need that as well as she does. So, um, so basically we're doing okay. I, you know, I kind of miss going to the movies, going to the theaters, 
going to a restaurant, uh, you know, you, you kind of, all the things that we take for granted, we took so totally for granted, right? And, but even just getting together with friends, I remember uh, I, somebody posed the question, like if tomorrow was the last day of your life, what would you do? And I said, well, I thought about it for just a minute or two. And then I thought, well, the first thing I would do is get up and make myself French toast and a half a pound of bacon. <laughs> and then I would invite all my friends over and just eat, drink and dance all day long. And I thought, you know, that is the simplest pleasure of all, just, you know, sharing time with friends, share, you know, getting together to eat together, to drink together and to dance and, and just talk and have a good time. And um, I am going to throw the biggest post-pandemic party you ever saw in my neighborhood when this is all over and it's safe to get together again. <laughs> I'm sure everyone's going to do that. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But I hear you. I, I miss getting together with my friends that I have in the area and... That's one thing that I have definitely taken for granted was right. the ability to get together with friends. Absolutely. Also, like you said, my dog is the one that's benefiting us from this. <laughs> she is never alone. <laughs> yep. They're loving this. They, they're not going to know what happens when we all bust out of this. <laughs> I know. <laughs> the dogs are going to be like, wait, where'd everybody go? The cats, on the other hand, are going to be like, they're gone. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Well, hopefully a year from now, it'll be behind us and we'll be we'll be back and hopefully not taking for granted all these things that we we've missed during this year. Absolutely. Here's hoping. So would you like to remind my snoops and sleuths how to follow you and your book? Okay, well, I have a website and it's sallyhandley.com and that's spelled S-A-L-L-Y at S-A-L-L-Y-H-A-N-D-L-E-Y.com. I'm on Facebook, I'm on Twitter, I'm on LinkedIn, I'm on Goodreads, and I, I, I even have a, uh, an author page on uh, BookBub. And of course, I have an author page on Amazon as well. So it's pretty, pretty easy to find me. And I'll be sure to include the links on in the show's notes. That will be great. That will be great. So listen, I want to um, invite everybody out there. I, I mentioned that I'm president of Sisters in Crime uh, Upstate Chapter. But you know, we've been doing all of our meetings online since last March. And um, we are doing an online event with the Greenville Library here in South Carolina on April 10th. Uh, it's a Saturday afternoon from 1 to 1.30. And um, we are Katrina McPherson is our keynote speaker 
And this is kind of, uh, the, the library came to Sisters in Crime to help put this event together because this is the 75th anniversary of Nancy Drew. And so um, our keynote speaker, Katrina McPherson, is going to be doing um, a talk entitled Plenty Deadly, Sisters, Dames, and Girl Detectives. Doesn't that sound like fun? Oh, and if you know, yeah, if you know um, Katrina, if you've ever heard her speak, she, she is from Scotland and she is just a barrel of laughs. So I cannot wait for that to happen. And then right after her keynote address, she's going to join a panel of local authors that will also include um, one other out of town author, Kelly uh, Garrett. Um, uh, and they're going, the, the panel, I'm going to be on that panel as well. Uh, and the topic for that panel is what I wish someone had told me. So if there's anybody out there who is struggling with their cozy or not sure where to go or how to proceed, this would be a great opportunity for you to join us and hear from authors who have gone through this, uh, some self-published, some traditionally published, and some a combination where they were traditionally published and then decided to self-publish later on. So um, if you, if, if any of the, the audience listening out there is interested, just send me an email and I will make sure that I will send you the link to the library event because the library is hosting it um, and they will be recording it and you can, you know, listen to it afterwards as well. And, you know, because we do all our events online, if anyone is interested in uh, joining our group, I mean, it's free to attend all our events, uh, just send me your email address. And that's again, sally at sallyhandley.com. I'll add, ask me to add you to the Sisters in Crime uh, 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 email list. And I'd be happy to do that. Our um, speaker next month is uh, Roy Pascal. He's a forensic artist. So I think it's going to be really interesting hearing about that profession and how they work to help solve crimes. So um, I just want to put that out there uh, because you know I'm a big proponent of joining um, other groups. If you're a writer, you work alone most of the time, and it's really important to be connected to other groups of writers for encouragement and also to learn. So um, I just want to put that out there for everybody. Well, that sounds great. Uh, why don't you email me the link and I'll make sure to get that in the show's notes. Okay, I will do that as soon as I get it. Awesome, because that actually sounds like something I would love to attend. I'm telling you, we get the great now, especially because of Zoom meetings, we are getting speakers that we couldn't normally get because we're a small uh, chapter and we, we don't have a budget to, um, a travel budget for speakers. But now our speakers, we can get speakers from anywhere in the country. And uh, it, it's fantastic because we're, we're, uh, we're learning a lot. The, our, our last meeting was with an author from California who spoke on the topic. Uh, she had um, co, uh, not sponsored is the word, she, she planned 
the Bauschercon conference, which was totally online last year. And uh, she, she did an entire program on helping you answer the question, should I attend a writer's conference? And you know, like what to do when you, when you get involved and how to get the most out of it. And it was a wonderful, it was a wonderful program. So um, yeah, I, and we do, we get uh, law enforcement. I, I kind of always like it. One of my very favorite speakers of all time was um, a warden from the local prison. So yeah, there's a lot you can, you can get out of these meetings. I mean, not, maybe not every topic is for you, but um, if you just wanna be on our email list to see what we've got coming up down the road, you're welcome to, to do it. To send me so just send me an email i'll do that that sounds that sounds so great i've been thinking of joining a, a writer's group like sisters in crime for a while <laughs> well this is this is a great place to you know get your feet wet <laughs> <laughs> and when, uh, remind me of your location liana i'm sure you've got a chapter at out wherever you are as well. I'm based out of Denver. So oh, I'm, pretty I'm not sure. sure. I'm pretty sure that there's a chapter out that way. I'll, I, in fact, I'll look it up and I'll, I'll, send, I'll send you the information. Oh, but in the meantime, you. absolutely, I'll add you to our email list so that you can attend our virtual events. Great. Well, I've had a great time chatting with you and thanks for coming on the show again. Well, thank you for inviting me. It's always a pleasure to chat with you about all things cozy. Yeah, I, I love doing this show and I love talking with authors like you. Thank you. Well, you heard another great interview here on the Cozy Sleep. I'd like to thank my patrons, Regina, Cozy Cub, and Dower Bear for their help in keeping the show commercial-free and growing. I'd also like to thank my coffee clots for their contributions as well. If you'd like to be like Regina or my fellow podcasters, the Cozy Cub and Dower Bear, join us on our Patreon page, where you can become either a, a guiding clue, a clever sidekick, a small-town sleuth, or a Sherlock Holmes. Or, for a one-time donation, you can become a member of the Coffee Clots on coffee.com slash the cozy sleuth. That's ko-fi.com slash the cozy sleuth. Details will be in the show's notes. As always, you can find me on Twitter at the cozy sleuth. Until next time, this is Leanna Field saying, keep cozy.